0: Hey, before we start the show, I'd like to give a shout out to a very special sponsor of the Code Story Podcast, and that's Dev Mountain. Dev Mountain is one of the highest rated coding schools in the country, employing experts who are passionate about sharing their craft and empowering the next wave of programmers. Through their bootcamp, they accelerate education by focusing on modern skills to align their students with the needs of the tech industry. They offer a variety of courses from web development to UX design, to iOS development, and their hands-on approach enables students to launch their careers or build their startups, and ultimately to achieve their goals. I can personally vouch for the quality developers they produce, having hired six graduates from their Dallas campus. Not only does Dev Mountain teach the practical skills needed to build software, they give their students a foundation to amplify the necessary creative thinking, problem solving, and project-focused skills required for tech professionals today. You can find out more information about their programs and how to sign up at devmountain.com. That's d-e-v-mountain.com.
1: I was pretty much a nerd uh, since as long as I can remember. At Art, we are a technology company Every challenges in the industry, we tackled it with technology-first approach. It was our first time being managers. So you you can imagine we we made our own own mistakes. The the day I don't learn anymore, I think (laughs) probably not a good sign. The most important was to hire a great culture fit, especially on the humility side.
0: This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Labpart, and today, how Jonathan Perichin was introduced to the pains of background checks and decided to make it better with an API. All this and more on Code Story. Through a chance internship in LA, Jonathan Parachin made his way from France to the United States. In doing so, he fell in love with the culture and opportunity of Silicon Valley. After working for a startup requiring background checks for its users, he saw firsthand how antiquated and slow the process can be. After about six months, he and his co-founder set off to build an API-driven solution, facilitating the submission, reporting, and workflow of background checks for candidate workers, and much, much more. I would love to learn more about you, Jonathan. Tell me how you got started and founded Checker. So uh,
1: as you can hear it from my accent, I'm, I'm, I'm from France. I, I grew up in a, in a small town in the countryside uh, called Vichy. You know, I, I did my studies there. I was pretty much a nerd. Uh, since as long as I can remember. So uh, it was a no-brainer to study computer science uh, back home and then moved to to LA for kind of an experiment, an internship. Uh, Loved the life there and and that's how I I kind of uh, uh, migrated to the US. So it's been about uh, six, seven years now. Yes, so uh, with my co-founder Daniel, a good friend as well, we used to work at an on-demand delivery company called uh, Delive in the Bay Area. And you know we were recruiting hundreds of delivery drivers every week. Uh, we are doing background checks uh, on them. So that was really our first exposure to the background check industry. We, we are both coming from France. Uh, in France, actually, there's no background checks. So we, we didn't even know it was a word. So uh, we, we had to learn a lot. And what, what we've noticed back then, I believe, is the, the kind of current solutions were really uh, archaic. There was no good technology, there was no good APIs. It was very kind of older generation products. Uh, so, so that's kind of what start, started to spark our interest, especially on the API side. We, we love simple, well-designed APIs as, as big nerds. And so uh, seeing you know hundreds of pages, page of SOAP API on a Word document uh, from, from the industry was, was really shocking. And it was really the, the thing that pushed us to, to look into this industry.
0: Is Daniel a, uh, a tech background guy as well, or is he more on the, the product side?
1: Yeah, he, is a, he has a tech background as well. I think he studied um, electrical engineering, but uh, yeah, we, we, we are both software engineers uh, at, a, at a couple of companies, couple startups. And uh, yeah, we, we, we built the initial product uh, together.
0: When you were working at Delive, tell me a little bit about Delive, so it's on-demand delivery, what was being delivered?
1: Yeah, so it was really um, uh, this concept of delivering anything from the mall to your home. Uh, So let's say you go shopping in the afternoon, you get a bunch of boxes, bunch of bags, but you don't have a car. So it was a service to allow um, people to go shopping in, in, in person, and uh, receive their package delivered at home the, the same day. It was same day delivery. You know, uh, back then it was a pretty small startup. Uh, I think they are doing really well. As far as I can tell on, on, on the news, they're still doing well.
0: So you're at Delive, you see firsthand the gaps in the background check industry. You and Daniel put your heads together and decide to take it on. Tell me about the MVP. You know, how did it? How long did it take to build? What tools did you start out using? Things like that.
1: The MVP was. Uh, it, it, it makes me laugh because for MVP our goal was really to go as fast as we could, and you, you have to really f- fake it uh, with the MVP. So. Uh, I remember f- for example the, the the first really MVP we, we built kind of the the UI the front end the API but then behind the scene we were manually requesting uh, background checks uh, using like a different background check company we, we were hiding all the the operations it looked uh, automated but uh, behind the scene it was not
0: what did you put in front of the end users, in the end users' face then? Was it like just a, a website with a form or was it something a little more complicated than that? So initially we built an API uh,
1: because that was what we wanted to, to do. Turns out our, our first customers did, didn't want an API yet. And so we, we built a form, simple form, so that this person who was leading operations team could enter um, consumer information and uh, starting to invite uh, consumers to fill fill in their their, uh, information as well. So it it was really a form, there's a lot of kind of legal jargon and and consents and disclosures. So that was a bit difficult, you know, to actually get in place. Because we are only two, we don't have a legal team. Uh, so we, we, we had to, to dig a bit there.
0: So you have this MVP, you, you've built it, and it's you know, basically a front for, for a manual process behind it. Where did you take it from there? And what sort of decisions did you have to make after that?
1: For, for, for us at Checker, we, we got lucky that uh, in, in terms of timing, I believe we, we, are, we are really lucky because of the on-demand economy boom. And so when we started in 2014, more and more on-demand economy were uh, growing and scaling or, or just being created uh, at that time. And so there was a big need for background checks for those companies that were scaling and hiring contractors. And so pretty early on, actually, we, we had a lot of, lot of interest from, from these companies. Uh, and so we, we had to work really hard, like we... The, the good thing is we knew what to build uh, because we had a lot of customer requests. Uh, so that, that led to, you know, having good insight on what we needed to build. The scary part is there was a lot. <laughs> and so th- there was a lot of demand, uh, a lot of different type of customers and partners uh, in the on-demand space. Um, but o- o- overall, uh, I, see it, I see this as a, as a good problem to have, you know. Getting customers really early on really push us to, to build the right products and get to scale pretty quickly.
0: What named technologies are you using? Are you using like a Ruby on Rails? Are you using .NET stack? Are you using Node? What tech are you using? We use
1: Ruby mostly for, as a language we discussed we we, we didn't want to use rails uh at the time because rails was coming with uh, kind of all the the ui dependencies as well so it was back end and ui and we really wanted to decouple the the ui from the back end so we we ended up using sinatra which is a similar framework you you have to do a a bit more manual setup but at the end of the day it's pretty similar for the front-end, we started with Angular, we are moving moving to React these days, uh, and w- one thing that, you know, as engineers, w- when we started, we wanted to do microservices from the get-go. Turns out it's difficult, as you want to go really fast, and I think we, we got some in place, we had a vision, uh, but, you know, s- s- some... Some of the services we we wanted to build back then um, still haven't been built yet. So and, and we are thinking about it. So
0: the, the customers or the clients that came on and used Checker, what's the split between you know, sort of pure API usage versus kind of one-off requests? Is it primarily API versus the other?
1: I would say we have three main use cases. We we have large customers. And, you know, those companies often do API integration uh, because they want to, to build more custom flows. They want to have the uh, integration from their mobile app or from their website. Uh, so like this, for example, applicants don't have to enter the information twice. So, so, so we see a lot of API usage there, like for, for companies that have the, the bigger scale then you have smaller companies we 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 have actually a long tail of of smaller uh, businesses and and mid-market and for those companies typically they uh, they don't have an engineering team dedicated on background checks Uh, so they like to use our ui solutions and don't build against the api but it's still important even so the, the api is really useful to request background checks but then uh, we have very strong uh, kind of legal and adjudication workflows. Those live in our dashboard, and even our largest customers use those in, in in our own dashboard.
0: What What do you think is the the biggest differentiating factor for Checker? There's a handful of you know background check vendors out there. Some of them have some APIs, but what makes Checker, in your mind and in, in your pitch, what makes Checker the best one out there?
1: I mean, at Art, we are a technology company. Every challenges in the industry, we we tackled it with technology-first approach, which I think is the the approach that makes us really appealing. For example, most of our competition really look at every single criminal record uh, that comes in and being reported to classify. And, you know, they have offshore teams to to, to look at them, which had delays, you can have error mistakes where for us we use best-in-class ml uh, to classify charges and and move forward faster like in, almost instantly with, with, with the results that's one use cases uh, i think overall we, we because we're a technology company we uh we focus on accuracy uh, of, of the data we focus on time and automation so that turnaround times go, go, go down and things are more automated. And I, I think that's kind of the, the, the broader
0: uh, approach. How did you go about building your team? So start out you and Daniel, and then, you know, you grew, you had success. I'm sure you got to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, we need people to help us. How did you choose the right people to come and join you?
1: Uh, I'm laughing because, it, so w- with Daniel, it was our first time uh, being uh, managers. Uh, so you, you can imagine, we, we we made our own own mistakes there. Overall, when we when we started to like hire people, I think we are pretty good at you know uh, designing interviews. The the most important was to to hire a great culture fit, especially on the humility side. Uh, you know, we we had a small team. Uh, You want really humble people uh, that have great, uh, at least that was our view on it. Um, uh, So humility was important and and great was important uh, so that we work well as as a small team. And so um, initially, so so that was our, our kind of criteria, so no, A, star, star, all. Uh, even if you're the, the, the best engineer, best in class, if, if you're not on board and not nice, you, you wouldn't be joining uh, the team. Now you have to think at scale, you know, like initially we were interviewing everyone, so that was easier. And then you have to kind of put in place uh, frameworks so that team that hire people have the same uh, approach. And I think scaling the culture is the definitely the, the most uh the most difficult yet the most impactful for for the company and i think we've done fairly well
0: that's interesting so you you mentioned scaling the culture being a challenge and really important you know there's two things obviously in a tech startup scaling the technology and scaling the culture so I, I would ask how did you go about both of those things starting with the culture since you just mentioned that but then also how did you build the technology to scale
1: So on culture, uh, I think the the biggest move for us was going from us interviewing everyone uh, for any any rec to really sitting down with the team, defining our culture and core values and designing uh, kind of how we evaluate for for these core values during interview, but also during during our performance and, and management. Uh, uh, process and so I think compared to a lot of companies we 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 learn from mistakes that uh, other companies uh, have done one of the recurrent mistake is not setting defining your your culture uh, early enough and I think that's something we've done pretty early on like defining what's our what our core values and really implementing evaluation of those during our interview interview process uh, so, so that was the, one of the most impactful thing that, that we've done for the company to, to, to scale the, the culture. On the technology side, it, it, it's hard to get a, a one-line answer on this one. Uh, um, one of the biggest challenge for, for us uh, at Checker is kind of the, the domain complexity. Uh, so the, the, the background check, you know, fr- from an end-user perspective, it should be simple. It should be input, and I get an output, which is a, a report. But behind the scene, we have to hide a lot of complex requirements, a lot of complex workflows, a uh, lot of domain logic. You know, and sometimes it's different that the for a specific city, for a specific county, for a specific type of customer, and so... I would say for us, the biggest challenge is really to make all this complexity as simple as we can, which is not always easy. Uh, and so, for example, we have to be super thoughtful about what do we want to be able to customize uh, versus not customized. And and how do we design our, our software and workflows so that we anticipate future requirements, future uh, workflows. Uh, I would say that's that's definitely one of the the biggest challenge for us. I think in terms of, of pure scale, so you know, we, uh, w- what I like to say to 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 engineers, you know, we, we don't have petascale, like some of the largest tech companies in, in, in the Bay Area, but we have enough scale to be, you know to, to be present and we have to be thoughtful about it for everything we do you know we, we do millions of background checks every month we have uh, hundreds of millions of criminal records we, we, we have to design around it but i think the most challenging is really how do we scale and simplify the, the business logic and, and the, the domain
0: tell me about some of the mistakes you made along the way how did you react to them? What did you learn?
1: We've done a fair amount of mistakes. I think if you don't make mistakes, that means uh, you don't go fast enough. At the end of the day, you, you're a man, so you, you're still going to make mistakes anyway. We made some early, early mistakes, some early mistakes where, A, we, cho- we, we chose to use uh, MongoDB as main uh, data store for, for all our data models. We quickly quickly found out, but uh, it was not working well, like the or, or use, usage of MongoDB was not the right fit for all. It, it was great for some use cases, but for, for some more relational use cases, it was really not working and not scaling. Uh, so we, we had to quickly migrate some of the things over uh, on the MySQL side. That was like a first like design uh, mistake, I would say. Then I, I can think of like mistake we've done in terms of prioritization, and v- those are painful because you know we, as you scale the team, you're, I mean we, we are we are still understaffed, but we we are even more understaffed back then, and so prioritization mistakes really bites you on, on how fast you can go, uh, and so for example, us building the, the full API first and not building the, the, the UI was, was kind of eye-opening because uh, we, we built what we wanted to build and not what the customer wanted. Uh, and so uh, I think we, we, we learned that. Uh, I mean, it, the, the good thing is early mistakes, uh, most of the time you can fix uh, pretty quickly. Um, but then, the more the product grows, the more the team grows, the, the harder, the harder uh, it gets, uh, I think. But I think now we we are pretty customer centric, and uh, we spend a lot of time with customers. So uh, I don't think a mistake like this can, can can happen again.
0: What does the future look like for uh, for the product and for the team?
1: For for the team, I mean, the overall our, 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 our business is going really well. We have, we have tremendous growth, we have a lot of interested custom, potential customers, we have a lot of customers coming on board, our existing customers are growing. Uh, so o- overall, there's a lot of business uh, traction. And so our, our current focus is really to, to scale our initial insight that we apply to most on-demand companies, to the mainstream industry of uh, enterprise in the US. So really going enterprise uh, is our focus, which means for our product, we have, we have some kind of stopgap capabilities that we, we, we are building. Uh, so, you know, like hey, at scale, you need to build SSO and there's not much to do about it. And so one big focus is really uh, being product ready for, for the enterprise. And on, on the flip side of that is keep innovating in the industry. As a tech company, that's, that's how we make the most difference. And we want to make sure to make progress on both innovation and, and product capabilities for to market strategy. To do that, we are scaling the team. Uh, we, we are doubling every, every year pretty much. You know, we're we opening up a, a, an office in Denver this year. Uh, so, so I'm personally excited uh, about this one. Yeah, I mean, on, on, on my end, I, I, I don't write code anymore. And so it's really about uh, helping to scale the team and a lot of recruiting so that we can achieve our
0: mission. You said your hands are out of the code now. Um, You're doing more leadership now. What's next for you personally?
1: Yeah, so I mean, at Checker, I think it it will resonate with a a lot of technical founders. As technical founder, your your role really changes as the, the company grows and so you, you go from uh, uh, at least i went from you know uh, writing uh, every single product features to to do half of the features and building the team you know be- becoming a first time manager to tapping, building features uh, altogether and and starting to manage managers then to manage directors and so it, it um, I had to scale with, with the organization uh, and uh, uh, that's really rewarding personally because uh, um, I mean uh, I learn a ton every day which is uh, I think key for me like the, the day I don't learn anymore I think <laughs> it's probably n- not a good sign I, I cannot switch personally between uh, leadership and management and technical leadership I think, I, I mean, personally, I really uh, enjoy technical aspects uh, of things. So I like to be involved in architecture and, and kind of designing a system for, for the long run. And so, uh, like in the past five years, I've been back and forth in, you know, full-time managers and doing 10 interviews a day through uh, more hands-on and more uh, architect type uh, function. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I like doing both. Uh, I think it's it's good for me to go a bit back and forth and, and really help the, the, the company and the organization where uh, I can be impactful. I can, I can do anything as long as I can be impactful, uh, I will be happy.
0: If you could go back to the beginning when you started, what would you do differently or what sort of uh, different avenue would you consider taking?
1: As a company, We because we have done fairly well, I don't know if there's a big thing that... You know I, I go back in time and if anything and it's more as us uh, with Daniel as, as being founder of the company I think finding the role that are really required and really important to get right early on and find the right people for those roles I think we are a bit slow on this front and so for, for example we it took us a while to, to hire our first product manager and I think it took us a bit too long, which which kind of made the product evolution slow down during this period of, of search. And so I think as founders, you really have to be super mindful about when when the company is ready to scale, like uh, uh, when can you hire to to re- replace something that you're doing as a, as a founder. I think even me personally, you know, I, I love writing code and, and building products. And I think I need to think more and more about how to scale myself and, and really mentor the team. And, you know, I, I cannot review every single pull request, for example, this is just not, uh, not reasonable. Uh, so how do I scale myself to, to educate the team, to put the, the right tools in place? And I, I think really about scaling, uh, I think we've done some good learnings there.
0: You know, who do you look up to as far as a CTO, architect or tech person and why do you look up to them?
1: I think, I mean, I'm really a big fan of Werner Vogels, the the CTO of uh, Amazon. I I don't know him personally, but just, I think he he really changed the industry. Uh, AWS, um, I think that, I mean, the the change that he brought to this industry is so drastic. big fan of him. And also I really like his presence during, you know, when he does uh, talks and and at conference. So, yeah, I would say that's my number one. And, you know, he is great because he's he's super technical, super charismatic, and um, he's brought a ton to uh, to the industry as a whole.
0: If you could go back or if you could give some advice to someone who's just starting out where you started. Um, or is a little bit earlier on in their tech career or startup career, uh, what advice would you give them?
1: For for us, one thing that was super key is really to go as fast as we could on everything we are doing. I mean, the, the, the right pendulum is to go as fast as, as you can go uh, without... Uh, you know, w- without causing issues or w- without causing pain in, in the product. But but really uh, trying to know what corners to, to cut uh, was really important. I, I think typic- typically like t- technical founders are uh, perfectionists about the product they built. Uh, and so it's important to be, be okay with not being 100% perfect and be confident that you know, 90% perfect is still better than previous existing solutions and going going with customers and really evolving with customers' feedback. My point is, if you spend too much, you know, building perfection on your own, what you're missing, or the the world customer uh, validation, which is uh, the, the, the most important. So, you know, being super iterative, not being afraid of not being 100%, and really, uh, really taking uh, customer feedback.
0: Jonathan, thank you for being on Code Story today. Thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate the conversation.
1: Thanks, Noah. Uh, I enjoyed our chat.
0: And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is a production of TouchTap LLC and is hosted and produced by Noah Labhart. Co-produced and edited by George Macharco. Special thanks to Deanna Chapman and Stephanie Campisi for their promotional support. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Breaker, or the podcasting app of your choice. Make sure to check us out at Codestory.co or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn.